You are listening to ACPN. Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where two friends go back in time, we randomly select a movie to watch, review, and give you our uneducated opinions about. My name is Gabe Whitehurst. I'm sitting here with my friend, my co-host, my sometimes lover, Mm. Matt Morris. Count Olaf. Also known as Count Olaf. (laughs) Uh, Olaf. Two episodes in a row we've done counts. Oh, we have. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I was Count La- the count. You were the count last and now time. Now you're, you're count Olaf. Count Olaf. Olaf. Count Matt. Uh, people say Olaf, like the British. Olaf? No. The, the, the Guardian's like, oh, Count Olaf. I misunderstood you. Olaf. But it's Olaf, right? Olaf. I'm going to say Olaf, yeah. Olaf. I think he says Olaf in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us today. If you haven't picked up on that already, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we're discussing a special movie uh, starring Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Can I say the name of it yet? You, you can do whatever you away. want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you, you probably know already, but today we're going to be talking about Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Hello. I am uh, looking for Dr. Montgomery Montgomery. I am uh, Stefano, I am an Italian man, and uh, I am here to assist him in his uh, research uh, as best I can, as well as to uh, facilitate and uh, remain observatory. Count Olaf. Oh, um, and now why would, uh, why would you say something like that? I, uh, I have never uh, met uh, such a person as a Count Olaf, but... Uh, I had, I'm sure he would look and sound completely different. You're Olaf, and we're not letting you in. Well, perhaps you should reevaluate your hypothesis. Anyway, that's why you should never run with one of these kids. Words of wisdom indeed, Mr. Stefano. Oops, you caught me being a mentor. And bless you for coming at such short notice. Not at all, not at all. My chief assistant, Gustav, took second phone not one hour ago. He'd give anything to be here right now. Thank goodness you were available. Well, I am am a fan, if I may gush. Uh, Your work has profoundly influenced uh, my research up at the uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium. Uh, on the sea snake. That's a very volatile animal. Uh, that uh, I've been bitten 4,700 times. Mostly on the face. A lot of this has been reconstructed. Uh, but I think they did one heck of a job, even though my mustache is a tad askew. Mm, yes, quite. Mm, yes, quite. Mm. I like this movie. I, I like this movie, too. All right, cool. Let's call it a end. Watch more <laughs> movies. See ya. No, no. You know, you know who else I like? Uh-huh. 
I like Jim Carrey. A lot. Oh man, I love Jim. Jim Carrey. Carrey, one of the greatest actors of our time. Love him. Um, what are your favorite Jim Carrey movies, Gabe? Oh man, well, like a lot of kids my age, I grew up on The Mask. Yes. Dumb and Dumber. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Those were very special to me. They're not as... <laughs> <laughs> they don't hold up well. I don't think the mask would hold up very well. No, I haven't watched it since probably I was like 12. Yeah. Ace Ventura has some funny moments, but I think we're kind of over that character. Mm-hmm. He um, had his time. And I think Jim Carrey's over that character. He's Jim, mo- Jim he's Carrey's <laughs> in a peculiar spot in his life. <laughs> we're, we're worried about Jim Carrey. I am extremely worried about Jim Carrey. Um, we'll get, I think we should talk about that in a minute, but yeah, yeah, uh, gosh, I, I, I love him very much. I loved the cable guy, even though it's a terrible movie. I always mm-hmm. thought that was funny to watch as a kid, but the Truman show is a good movie. A Truman show is a fantastic movie. Kind of a game changer for him. Yeah. Um, really showed what he could do. Yeah. Showed his range. And for me, and I, I've always loved that movie. I rewatched it probably like five or six months ago because my wife hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, oh, but man. it's still very good. I think I watched it like two or three years ago, and I I think it's still I think it's still incredible, especially yeah. like at the end when he starts oh, piecing everything together. It's amazing. Woo. Yeah, um, tugs I, on your heartstrings. Man, I never saw Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon is fantastic. I and never you watch saw it. it. I um, can't believe I didn't see it. He perfectly captured Kaufman. Okay. I mean, I, I'd only ever seen, because uh, I obviously wasn't watching SNL when he was big in the, you know, was it late 70s, early 80s? Uh, uh, well, he wasn't on SNL. He was in Living Color. Oh, that's true. I yeah. thought he was on SNL as well. I no. think he was like a feature on he, SNL. He hosted he? it after he was famous, like much, oh, okay. much later in his career, yeah. but he was, I don't think he was ever on it. Okay. Well, all the clips that I've seen of him, I, I just feel like Jim Carrey nailed it. And uh, as we, we oh, talked oh, about, the, you talking about Andy Kaufman? Andy Kaufman. I'm sorry, I no. thought you meant Jim Carrey. No, okay. <laughs> Andy Kaufman yeah. was not on in Living Color. Yeah, I was confused for a second. I was like, okay, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he, uh, he did uh, some SNL. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had the skit with the the vinyl. He would always play on yes. the, the um, yes, you know, the big. Here I come to save the day. Yeah. Um, but I felt like he nailed the character. He did a great job. And as we mentioned in the last episode, there was a documentary released recently about the background, about how he got into character for that role. And it was, I haven't seen the documentary yet, but the small clips that I've seen of it are just in, incredible. And I think that's a great movie. Um, not my favorite of his, but I think it's great. Okay, I need to watch it. Yeah, Eternal Sunshine is number one for me. Definitely great. Um, just, I think, a really good dramatic character for him. Uh, but actually, that's like, that's number two. Number one is probably 23. <laughs> the number, number 23? 23. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably. Uh, are you sure it wasn't the incredible Burt Wonderstone? I never saw that. Yeah, I didn't either. No, yeah. I didn't either. Liar was... Liar's great too, though. Oh, Liar Liar's great. Liar Liar is actually a good one. We were making fun of the last two. But yeah. Liar Liar, uh, fantastic movie. He, he just has, yeah, a great history. Cable Guy, um, like you said, not great, but I think it's a pretty funny movie. It is funny. One of the better Broderick performances, in my opinion. Yes. I don't think Broderick is that great of an actor, and I think he did a great job of that movie. Yeah, and I think a, the Cable Guy might be like a reverse aging movie to where I liked it a lot as a kid because it's Jim Carrey. Yeah. I think I would like it a lot more now. Yeah. I don't know if it's really good, but I think I would appreciate watching it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. You you at least appreciate it for what Jim Carrey is able to do. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, Broderick's like actually pretty good in the movie. And it's a compelling story because I think at the time it you know, it was it was asking a lot of big questions about how much TV should you be watching? Should TV be like a friend? Which is a problem that we have now with stuff like Netflix where people are just like, like we said last episode, binging and just watching, you know, tons and tons of shows yeah. and never leaving their house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
which is maybe okay depending on who you are. <laughs> uh, stay inside, some yeah, of you. Uh, some of you. But I, I think he is a great actor. I oh, think no, he no. is a phenomenal actor, and people didn't really give him that credit because he was playing these goofy characters. But he's always good in movies that movies that are okay. But he's always like he's he's really good in. Uh, oh my gosh, I was just about to say it. Like Bruce Almighty. It's not a, yeah. not a great movie, but yeah. he's good in it. He's great. So that's on the same level as Liar Liar for me. Yeah, it's like the um, the majestic, another dramatic majestic movie that was, was really good. Yeah, so he he's good. I like yeah. him a lot. Love Jim Carrey. I hope his mental health is okay. As we've said before, it just seems like he's going down a weird path right now. Maybe it's a bit. I hope it is. <laughs> I don't oh, think boy, it is. It doesn't seem like one. He he seems to be saying a lot in the media that there's this other person that has been playing him for the last several years that's taken over his body and he's like a character i have no idea man yeah we've gotten into like vaguely some things that have happened in his life but he's had a tough life uh whether or not he brought that on himself is up to you to decide but he's had a lot of tragic things happen and i just hope it doesn't happen like a robin williams type thing where out of the blue he's just gone one day man i hope not Um, i'd be very sad so jim you're listening we love you stay hard jim you're a fantastic actor I uh, hope you keep doing this for a long time. Would love to see what he's doing in his like 60s and 70s. Yeah. He's, he's late 40s, early 50s right now? He's probably in his 50s, mid-50s, so? I'm betting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I hope his career spans a long time. And he's great in this movie. He is great this in this is movie. another movie he's very good in. Uh, this movie has a star-studded cast. Yeah. Jim Carrey, Jude Law, Timothy Spall, Catherine O'Hara, Meryl Streep, Billy Connolly, and Gabe, your favorite actor, Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> <in this movie. laughs> He is my favorite actor. I didn't know you knew that, but yeah. um, I do. Love I know Cedric lots of things about you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's like that's an impressive yeah. cast for a Nickelodeon movie. Well, I I think it was going to be a special movie at the time it was coming out. It was like very uh, Tim Burton esque. Mm-hmm. A lot of money was going into it. A lot of design. I think it was. Yeah, I think. And 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 the the cool thing about actors that we love is that they love. I mean, they get paid. Uh, right yeah but i do think they i think as an actor it'd be so special to be asked to be part of a kids movie like this yeah that you know millions of children are going to see and just yeah obsess over well meryl streep took the role in this movie because her daughter wanted her to yeah that's so great yeah i love that stuff and and as we talked before what john Turturro took uh what role oh he Uh, took the role of uh uh a shooter and Secret Window. Oh, oh, shooter. His son like Stephen King. His son was a Stephen King fan. Nice, nice. Well, so, there you go. Same thing, same thing. Uh, but yeah, I think this was kind of an answer to um, Harry Potter. Stuff like that. They wanted yeah, to cash in on similar, that. Similar, yep. And similar. This, movie did, this movie did well, and it's a very good movie. Uh, not as good as the Harry Potter movies, I don't think, in terms of actual craft. But I think that this is an yeah, amazing Yeah, I think movie. it's great. And I don't want to... It's up to you, but I don't want to spend time comparing it to the Netflix series. Because, I never saw it. Oh, okay. Because yeah. um, we're here to review this movie. But the only question I have is I wonder why they did that. Because they, they're, mm-hmm. they, are, they have glaring differences. Yeah. But it's the same. They use the same stories that this mm-hmm. movie covers. And this movie was 2004. It wasn't that long ago. So maybe yeah. they were just like, there's a whole new generation of kids and adults. Because that, that show is fantastic. And it appeals yeah. to adults. It's very funny and very well done, but I, I just wonder, like, what was the meeting where they were like, hey, this is a good idea. I don't yeah. know why. I could see it being a new generation. Uh, it's very a very captivating world with interesting characters, but 
I could also see it being because the movie only addresses the first three books. Yeah. And I think there were like seven or eight. Maybe. Uh, we're still working. <laughs> we're still so late on that series. But we, yeah. we got all the way up through like Violet. Violet. Um, yeah, Violet's Wedding. Oh, okay. Uh, in, the, in, the sh- in the TV show. So yeah. I, I'm like caught up on par with the movie. Yeah. But I, 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 I never read the books. I didn't either. I didn't either. I don't know. Maybe it's they want to get the rest of it. They think there's still some toothpaste in the uh, in the in the all right in the tube in the the tube. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. Some toothpaste in the tube. They want to squeeze everything they can out of it. Uh, But I haven't seen it yet. But I do want to watch it because I do love MPH and I've heard he's very good in the role. Yeah, you need to watch it. It's great. This was directed by Brad Silberling, who also directed City of Angels, Casper, all right, and the most recent Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> Which I saw in theaters. Oh, you did? I did see it. In was theaters. that worth uh, those 15 bucks? I don't remember because I, like, I was like, what, 15? Maybe? Yeah, you were 14? probably in high school. It came yeah. out around the same time as this. Yeah. Uh, this movie had $140 million budget, which very much looks like it did. Yep. Um, 2000, or $209 million gross worldwide. Uh, so it did okay. Did okay. Uh, the tagline is Don't say we didn't warn you. Mm. which was a marketing gimmick not gimmick i guess but the marketing of the book was always like if you look on the back of it it's yeah like, uh, be careful because this book is very dangerous <laughs> and don't it's not, read it yeah, it's, it's not a kid's book don't read the book it's not happy yeah i remember always seeing that in my scholastic uh book oh, fairs man, and i was like yes. oh, this sounds pretty cool but yeah. i just never read it uh some trivia it is the first nickelodeon movie to win an academy award do you know what it was for you take a guess? Uh, I don't know what it was for. I'll, I'll guess uh, just costumes. Close. Makeup. Makeup. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think, I don't think, I think it's, maybe they combine them now. It's like makeup and wardrobe, but I don't think it was at the time. Ward, yeah, wardrobe. Well, but I'm thinking like what? What was the, just Jim Carrey changing characters? Or, yeah, Jim uh, Carrey. Apparently his makeup took like three hours to do every day. Hmm. Okay. Um, and a lot of people do look not like themselves in this movie. They do some very interesting things with makeup to make people look younger or older or yeah. uh, tired, or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Did, did you mention Craig Ferguson is in this movie too? Oh, no, I didn't. That's, I just re- I saw I didn't him. even realize who he was in the movie. Uh, well, he's person of indeterminate gender. That's, yeah, what that's that how mean? he's listed. <laughs> he's just one of the people in his acting troupe, but he has no lines. Oh, was he? Okay. He, I didn't he always has him. a real like fiendish grin on his face, but he yeah. doesn't say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some interesting people in his acting troupe. Like Louis Guzman is in his yeah, acting yeah. troupe. Yeah. And Jane... Um, Oh Jane, yeah, Jane. Um, I can't remember her name, last name. Uh, Jane Adams. Jane, Ma- Jane Adams, and then uh, Stifler's mom. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. That lady. She's in all Christopher Guest movies. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Anyway, but yeah, I just love that it was Craig Ferguson. And he didn't have any lines, but it yeah. was Craig Ferguson because his <laughs> show was definitely on at this time. Was it? it yeah. His show. His, show his was talk on, show. Yeah, his show was on forever. No. Yeah. Two thousand four. Dude, it had to be. No. Yes. No. All right. You look that up and I'll talk about scores. All right. Go. Uh, this movie had a 62 on Metascore, a 6.8 on IMDb, 2.5 stars from Ebert, and 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Did pretty well. That's Dang good. It. Respectable. Yeah. It's like, what, 2008? 2005. Oh, 2005. See, okay. I, was almost, I was almost there. You were it almost came out there. Right after. You're this closer movie. than I thought. So, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Because this came out in December of 2000. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't four. realize it had been out that long. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. All right. Anything else to add? 
Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> no. no we sorry. got it all. We got it all. We got it all. All right, we'll jump into the story here. So there's a great short before this movie that isn't actually a short. Um, I can't remember what you call them, but it's part of the movie, but it looks like it's made to be like a, a Pixar short. Mm. Uh, but it's in the style of those um, Christmas movies that... Mm. There's a name for them, but it the figurines, like the felt figurines. Yeah, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, it it's very like much looks like that. Claymation-esque, mm-hmm. um, but this is higher end. Than, this is CG. Yeah. Um, it looks good, yeah. It's called The Littlest Elf. Yeah. Uh, and it, it bleeds into the movie because Jude Law is a narrator in this movie. He's Lemony Snicket. And I, again, I didn't read the book, so is Lemony Snicket like a PI, or is he just a novelist that is writing about the children? Do you know? I, I didn't read the books either, but I think he's part of the secret society that okay, their parents belong to. Yeah. Um, please let us know if we're wrong. <laughs> we uh, might the, be. We, only, we probably are. The only reason I know that is be, or think that is because he's looking, he has a spyglass of his own. Yeah. So maybe that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and he like works instead of like Big Ben, basically. Like, yeah, like in a yeah, giant clock. Yeah. He's very mysterious. Yeah, very mysterious. But he's a narrator for this movie, and he kind of interrupts the short and says, if you were expecting a movie about little elves, you should leave now, because this is a much more grim tale. Yes. yes. Um, so he, t- he basically just talks about the kids at this point and who they are. Violet, uh, the young woman in this film, is an inventor who I was in love with. When oh, this movie came oh, I out. bet you were, buddy. I was in love with her. Uh, <laughs> Klaus is a bookworm who is her youngest brother, or her only brother, and then they have a a baby sister who yes. is one, maybe two. Sunny, Sunny. Uh, she's a biter, so she bites things and she bites and, things. And a very odd. That's talent, what she does. But yeah. she does. Yeah. Uh, but very good short, uh, succinct descriptions of what these kids are and what they do. Uh, we learned that they are their parents died in a fire, so their entire home burned down while they were out somewhere. I don't know yeah. where they were, uh, but they come home and their parents are dead. Yeah, and uh, the, unfortunate. The historic style of this movie and these books and the TV show as well is just—it's very well done. It's very uh, the Victorian, narrow, very Victorian, uh, Edwardian sort of mm-hmm. in in what it looks like. But it but it's really cool too the way the narrator is like with you the whole time, and he's like you know. I hate to have to tell you this. Mm-hmm. It's always the negative. It's like, but this yeah. happened. Or um, the Guardian is like, I'm sorry to tell you, but your parents uh, perished in a fire. And uh, that's kind of how it is. And it's just these very sad, dark, but I don't know. It's it's just done well. Yeah. You need to watch it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about this as we go along. But this is a lush, vivid world. And if you didn't know, Tim Burton was actually attached to this movie before uh, the director took over and he kept a lot of there was already like pre-production and design done mm, so he kept tell. a lot of the work sure. yeah you can tell it's very much looks like a tim burton movie which um you know i would put this close to big fish mm. in terms of its style okay. uh the way that it's shot and kind of the way that it looks yeah uh but yeah that's like you, you can't really place it in time because it looks victorian but they have cars and he has a key fob to lock his door yeah yeah it's just it, a weird style it's timeless yeah so I, I love, like I said, I love the tone of this movie, um, and it walks the line between novel and film very well. Like you said, there's some narration in there, and that that grew on me because I remember liking it when I was younger. But there were a few times in this movie early on where I was like, I don't know if I really like it being interrupted, the uh-huh. flow, okay. just to say you can walk out now if you want to. That <laughs> yeah. felt kind of cheap. Yeah, but I, I don't it ends know. Up working. I I think uh, the. Again, I'm sorry to compare this. The TV show, I think, does it better. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to get the tone, I think, of the books, watch the TV show. Yeah. 
I think it's okay to compare them. They're the same source material. Okay. Right. Uh, but but I haven't seen it. But this movie often gets praised for being pretty accurate to the source material. Cool. By people who have read it. So uh, I will trust you guys on IMDb about that. Mr. Poe, who is played by Timothy Spall, is in charge of their money while they quote unquote come of age. Love Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. He played uh, what's his face in Harry Potter. Oh, he played uh, the the rat guy. The rat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Scabbers the rat, a.k.a. forgot his real name. Anyway. Oh, man. It was like Timothy something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, Our pop culture uh, knowledge, uh, like nerd culture, uh, get, is just get, terrible. Get out the Marauder's map. Let's see if you can. Can you see him on it? Um, uh, uh, unfold uh, it real quick. I don't even know that uh, stuff. Do, do I don't know any, what the Marauder's map is. We can oh, shuffle. my goodness. I feel so nerdy right now <laughs> talking about the Marauder's map. Hey, he is the guy behind the Marauder's map. Anyway, while you look that up. Poe drops them off with Count Olaf, who is played by Jim Carrey, their closest living relative. Uh, he's like an uncle or something, like a distant uncle. He, well, he's, he says, he's either your third cousin twice removed or your second cousin thrice removed. Yeah. yeah. Some, somewhere down the line, they are related. Um, so they do a nice head fake here, where they pull up and they see Catherine O'Hara outside. Catherine O'Hara, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara outside, like you know, leaving to go somewhere. And she has a very pleasant home. She's very warm. Mm-hmm. She says hi to them. Yeah. Glad that they're there. She's a judge. And she's the kids are like, "Are we living with you?" And she says, "Oh no, you're with Count Olaf." <laughs> oh, no. Point to the house. And that's this giant mansion <laughs> on the top of a hill, but it's like decrepit Dick, and falling apart and disgusting. And, crows yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Did you figure out his name? Uh, Wormtail. Wormtail. We're Wormtail. close. Timothy? Yeah. Wormtail? Timothy, yeah. Wormtail, sure. Yeah, close yeah, enough. That's his name. So I, yeah, I like that they did that. It was a nice play. Um, even though if any of you vaguely pay attention to the book, you you would realize that it's that's not the person they're going to be with. But I, sure. I like that they put that in. Um, and this is a perfect role for Jim Carrey. It just, oh, yeah. It just allows him to be himself, be crazy. 100%. They get introduced to him, and he just gets to embellish so much. He's like, hello. Yeah, it's everything he had worked for to this point. He's like the ideal person. They had no trouble. In fact, they probably made this movie for yeah. Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, with him in mind, for sure. Yes. I'm sure he was first pick. Yes. Um, He just gets to go crazy in this role, and it's so fun to so see. so fun, man. It's so fun. Yeah. Uh, so... He, one of the funny touches is that he has notes about kids, the kids on his hand. <laughs> on his hand. So he's talking to them and he's like, pleased, pleased to meet you. And he like kind of puts his hands in front of his face and yeah. he's like looking to the side at like an angle. Um, Violet. And, yeah, Violet and Klaus <laughs> and Monkey or whatever yeah. he calls. And then he says, <laughs> he says, why are you so glum? And then Klaus goes, our parents just died. Oh, yeah. He goes, oh yeah, it's quite oh. important. <laughs> And then he makes him say it again because he's an actor and he wants to respond differently to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, can you give me that line one more yeah. time? Yeah, give me one more. Uh, quick, while it's fresh in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that was, he actually forgot a line and just said, can you give me that again? Because he wanted to redo it, but he oh. stayed in character. They just kept it in. Okay, sweet. So that's why he's perfect. He just does that kind of stuff and it works. So there's a big montage here of them just like getting shown around the house, cleaning doing things for Olaf. They're very much slaves at this point. Yeah, he just throws them in the... Uh, there. He shows them their room. He's like, all right, good night. And he doesn't care for them at all, yeah. obviously. Yeah, there's like a there's like tons of plates in his kitchen yeah, and tons of old bottles. And and dirty, and yeah. It's like, as you can tell, this could use some TLC. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's uh, in between this. There's a scene where he's talking to his acting troupe that he's very much the leader of, and he does this electric chair bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I laughed out loud because I didn't, I forgot about that. <laughs> so it was good. so funny. I don't remember what he says, but he's just like, Ooh, I have an electric chair bit. And he sits down and his, he has his arms in his chair and he's like, have you tried turning it on? And he like looks over and it, it's, the person like flicks it on or whatever. He goes, Ooh, oh, oh, and it's like it's shocked. It's so great, man. So yeah, great. It's, uh, it's, I don't even know what he says. It, it cuts him off halfway mid-sentence and he gets shocked. It's very funny. Yeah. So the pacing to me at this point wasn't great. Like we we know who the characters are at this point. We've been introduced to all the kids. We very quickly get who Olaf is, but it's a long time of them like doing these chores and working for him. It's like five minutes. Yeah. And I, at this time, I was just like, I don't, I don't want any of this. <laughs> I don't want this. All right, that's okay. Which is a, I think the main problem with this movie is just like at times it sags a lot. A little slow, yeah. Um, because as we'll talk about later, the same thing basically happens like twice. So we get to relive a very similar arc twice. Okay. Um, so I didn't really enjoy that. But Olaf uh, gets mad at Klaus because they were supposed to make dinner and they make it hastily and mess something up. And so he slaps Klaus. Uh, the kids threaten to call Poe, but Olaf like locks them away in a separate part of the house. Uh, and then the next day, Olaf gets custody over the children in court. So now he is their <laughs> legal guardian. Yeah, that's fun. That's kind of a funny bit too. Yeah, uh, just cuts the judge saying like "custody granted" and it's yeah. over. <laughs> and that's right before, right after he's like, "You'll never get us count or whatever." And then it's just yeah, yeah. So he takes them on a drive. He talks about how he's going to treat them better and how they're, they're <laughs> a great family. And he says that he wants to stop for a drink at this convenience store that's on the side of the road. And he says he's soda for you, soda for you, banana for you, because he calls the little girl a monkey, monkey the whole mm-hmm. time. Yep. Uh, Parks them on top of a railroad and locks the doors and goes inside. And so the kids quickly realize they're on a train track. Clues, <laughs> yeah. They're on a train. They're on the train tracks. They see a receipt that has like uh, railroad times written down, and it's actually the time yeah. when the train's supposed to be passing through. So like, oh crap, he's trying to kill us. Yeah. This whole time, Jim Carrey is in the convenience <laughs> store, like killing time. He's like, "I'm just taking an innocent drive through the countryside with my three children," <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's opening all the stuff and just like looking and saying, yeah. mm, and yeah. closing it, and like <laughs> just trying to kill time. Uh, and so, Violet is an inventor, and she rigs this system where she like has this slingshot that hooks to this uh, the tra- rail track switcher, yeah, track switcher, yeah. and pulls it, and you know, in the last moment. The, the train goes around them. Yeah. And it's funny because Olaf hears the train coming. He's like, ah! And the train goes around. He goes, and he like turns around and hasn't happened because he didn't hear a train hitting the car. So Poe pulls up at this time and takes the children away. Yeah. And he takes the kids away because... He thought they were he driving. Thought they were, he, yeah. He <laughs> thinks that Olaf was letting him drive a car, even yeah. though the car is on the train tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So we very much know Olaf's intentions, but... Poe is oblivious because he's just he's an idiot. In this yeah, movie. he's an idiot. There's 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 very much like a commentary on like CPS. Yeah, in this movie. yeah. Or or just or just the fact that adults don't listen to kids. Yeah, again, yeah. again, just listen to the kids, man. Yeah, but it's very funny. Uh, he he takes the kids away and he's like, it's clearly bad parenting to let a child drive. And um, the 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 boy 
what's his name? Klaus. Klaus. is like, no, you don't understand. He was trying to kill us. And he's like, oh, don't make a big deal of it. The car wasn't even in gear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's just an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And then Olaf asks to have a moment with the kids and he leans in the car and says, <laughs> wherever you go, I will get you. Yeah. I will find you and I will kill you. Yeah, I'll kill. <laughs> he threatens to kill them. Yeah. yeah. And he uh, shoots a bunch of like um, oh yeah uh, eye solution yeah. in his eyes, and then he says, "Take them away, Poe, <laughs> before I really lose it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they arrive at their new home with Uncle Monty, played by Bill Connolly, uh, the great Bill Connolly Love in this him. role. Um, he's the complete opposite of Olaf, and he also works the reptiles. That's like his job. He yeah. has tons of snakes, tons of lizards in his home, uh, but he's very accommodating, very loving. He says they're leaving for Peru in a day. Um, and so you get the impression that he kind of knows what's coming. Um, he's part of the society that the kids' parents were part of. These people always end up dying and crazy things end up happening. Yeah. They've bad things have been going on. We don't know really who they are or what they do or, Mm -hmm. but he's part of it. Yeah. There's some good foreshadowing here. Sonny almost gets bit by what they call the incredibly (laughs) deadly deadly viper. viper. It's not actually dangerous. It's the most loving animal in yes. the eco. The ecosystem it's not actually concept. dangerous. It's a misnomer. That's a very good Billy Connolly. That's Thank very you. good. Uh, uh, I need Dan to call. Yeah, Dan, and, uh, if you're listening, that's a ten out of ten. Buddy. He's like, oh no, wouldn't hurt to fly. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that you. might be your best. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. Did you work on your Billy I, I Connolly? Didn't, I didn't. know I haven't, <laughs> but uh, I will now. If you're going as Billy Connolly for Halloween, that would be incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna go as Billy Connolly from Blade. No. Um, because no, he was awesome. I think was he's he in a, Blade? Yeah. Oh no. Uh. Uh. He, he's in Blade. No. He, he's like the same character in Blade and Boondock Saints. Or, oh, I didn't see either. No. See, Blade is Chris Christopherson. Never oh, mind. Okay. They have yeah. the same hair in that movie. Yeah. The the mullet. The... But, yeah. But Billy Connolly is in Boondock Saints. Okay. Ne- never yeah. mind. I never saw Boondock Saints. I didn't Don't. Watch it. It's terrible. Okay. I've always heard it was good. <laughs> I guess I won't. Um, so this is one of those moments where the the momentum just gets stopped because there's a ribbon jamming because the the viper took a lunge at Sonny and there's a ribbon jam and it cuts to Jude Law and it's like oh, oh sorry ribbon jam on the typewriter and it yeah, takes yeah. like ten seconds for him to like reset everything <laughs> oh, and he there like we pushes go. it yeah. back and oh it, it, we're done yeah. and then it goes back and we learn that you know it's not an actually dangerous viper we also learned that monty's family was killed in a fire the same way that the kids was yes. so there's obviously some sort of weird stuff happening olaf arrives in a disguise <laughs> uh as stefano the oh, italian man he's so great uh, my name is stefano i am uh, an italian I, man i am my name is stefano <laughs> i am an italian man <laughs> and he's not italian at all yeah. and his mustache is kind of turned up on the side yeah yeah totally different than neil patrick harris's interpretation oh really very i have to watch it i have yeah. to compare now neil patrick harris is like this really funny looking like science doctor who talks like this like he is italian <laughs> it's very funny but uh, because I was expecting that, because mm-hmm. I saw this more recent the show, I was like laughing out loud because this yeah. is a very funny character. Because he's just so clearly bad at it. <laughs> oh yeah, and the great. kids see right through it. They yeah. s- he's talking and they say Olaf. Olaf, and he says, uh, I don't know who Olaf is, Olaf. but uh, he sounds like a very handsome man. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> it's pretty great, man. I-, I I love this scene. I think he's I think he's just amazing in this movie. He's great, but um. Monty seemingly doesn't realize that he's fake at this point. <laughs> no. But the kids send him a message. They send a snake with a message that says imposter on it. Yes. And so he starts asking him very specific questions about milking the snake. And he looks at it and he says, oh, it's a very tr- uh, trick finding the other, the uh, udders. The, the nipple, the udders, yeah. Yeah, the udders. Yeah. 
Uh, and he tells him to go get something, so he leaves. And the kids are alone with Monty, and they say, like, oh, it's, it's Olaf. He's trying to kill us. But Monty says... He's actually a rival scientist trying to steal he's, his research. Uh, he's a spy from the Herpetological Society. Yeah. yeah. So he and doesn't that, believe the kids. And that's a really funny bit because the kids don't even get to say that it's, that it's Olaf. They're just, they, they have a meeting with him. And he's, <laughs> he's like, uh, he's an imposter. And they're like, yes, we know we're trying to tell you. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're about to say it's Olaf. And he's like, he's a spy from the Herpetological <laughs> Society. <laughs> And they're yeah. like, no, that's not, it's just great. And then Jim Carrey gets back right, you know, like right at the right moment. Mm-hmm. So they don't really get to talk about it anymore. But. Yeah. And um, they all go to bed and, and Olaf menacingly is like, if you need anything, I'll be down the hall. I'm a very light sleeper. Yeah. Some would say <laughs> I don't sleep at all. Uh, and it cuts to the scene where Violet is trying to get out of her room and you can only see a rocking chair and very clearly Olaf in that yeah, chair. But there's a light knife. behind him. Yeah. There's a knife in his hand. and uh, He's like, do you have a hall pass? Do you have a hall pass? <laughs> and Violet closes the door. And they wake up. And um, they find out that Olaf has killed Monty somehow. Yeah. We don't really know, but we actually learned that it was uh, what they think is a snake bite. Yeah. Uh, so Olaf at this point tries to pass off the Viper as deadly. So at this point, Poe is there. Cedric the Entertainer is there, who is like the cop that's always working on their cases. Yeah, I guess so, and yeah. He thinks it's an open and shut case. Uh, and uh, Olaf says like the, the Viper killed Monty. Um, you know, I actually found the Viper, even though Monty did it. And the kids are, you know, upset about that. Sunny wanders off because she's smart enough to know that the Viper won't attack her. Yeah. And uh, they hear like a blood curdling scream as they're getting dragged away. And the Viper is cuddling with Sunny. Yeah. Like licking her face and playing with her. She's laughing. Mm-hmm. And then the camera pans back and Olaf and all of his friends have run away. Yeah. And all their costumes are on the ground. And yeah, because he had some of his actor friends come in and pose as, yeah, as like private the, eyes. Or yeah, you know, like, or like the coroner. Yeah. Or, yeah. So they're all gone. So they go to their next place. Uh, and this is where I was saying, even though Meryl Streep is fantastic and this character that Jim Carrey does is great, this is the same arc twice in a row. Mm, yeah. With a, you know different set pieces. Yeah. But I was like, man, do I... I I like this movie and I like the tone. I like the actors, but I just, it kind of got boring. Yeah. I I get you on that. I I liked it more this time, but the first time I watched it, I felt, I mean, it's still, you're right. It's still kind of boring at times. Yeah. So they arrive at their new place with aunt Josephine played by Meryl Streep. She's a worry wart. Um, She's always warning the kids not to do things in the house. (laughs) Like don't, you know, don't use the doorknobs. Make sure you press on the wood and the door will open. Cause if you pull the doorknob, the, foundation might come loose and you'll get crushed she, she's afraid the doorknob will shatter into a million pieces and yeah. one of them will get in her eye yeah <laughs> that, like it's things like that she's yeah. she suffers from this debilitating fear she's of like a hypochondriac of, yeah. of the world and uh, lemony snicket explains rational and irrational fear she has an irrational fear of realtors <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's a who, funny who is, uh, uh, who is jane jane lynch uh, jane lynch um, shows up yeah like, for like two seconds yeah, like, dustin hoffman's in the movie later. yeah it's like what it's awesome how did you get them for five seconds but her fears are all very uh funny yeah yeah this is a compelling character it's it, very it, it, it's a very sad character and we learn that her husband died mm-hmm. and she's struggled with Mm-hmm. anxiety basically ever since and the set piece is great i love the setting of this yeah. town it's like tucked away on a mountain you have to use a boat to get there and yeah. that's the only way in and out it's a coastal town and her home is on very rickety foundation right over the ocean on a cliff yeah big big home but it's just on this plot of land that's like literally just on top of the ocean yeah 
if you fall, you would obviously die. Uh, but we start to learn that the children's parents were part of a society, something to do with telescopes. We haven't really mentioned them because it's not super important as a yeah. through line until this point. Uh, but a golden telescope. Um, Monty had one. Their parents had one. Josephine has one. Um, and they see their parents in a memory book that she has, a scrapbook. Uh, so they obviously know each other, but Josephine quickly says, like, put the book away. I don't like people looking. I don't like how I look in that picture. I don't like picture, how I look in that yeah. picture, yeah. Which is, she's just hiding it from them. But yeah. yeah. It's clear that there's something going on. So they go out to shop for food. Olaf comes in again, posing as a sailor. Great character. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't do his voice, but it's a Scottish accent. It's like I, uh, Irish I, or it's something. Irish. Like an old Irish sailor with a wooden leg. Yeah, I won't yeah. even try because it would be absolutely horrific if I yeah. tried to do that accent. But he comes in and you know the kids think he had a tattoo on his leg. They very they showed very clearly early in the movie. And yeah. as Stefano, he had makeup over it. And as this, he actually has like a wooden peg leg. Yeah, yeah. And Klaus <laughs> pushes him over and pulls his pant leg, and you just see a wooden peg. And it's like oh, oh it's on the ground. Yeah, just great. Josephine's obviously attracted to him. Well, yeah, because he's complimentary of her. Basically, he's complimentary yeah. of her, and he, you know he's like a sailor, a dreamy sailor. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, so she's into him, and so she tells the kids to go home, and she's going to walk Olaf home. So as they finish up their shopping and get home, they see that the place is like in shambles. It's very windy now. Uh, there's a storm rolling through. There's a window busted, and there's a note on a rope. Um, and they see very cleverly that it's a note from Josephine, a suicide note essentially, but there's a ton of grammatical errors. Yeah. And if you'd been paying attention to the scenes before, she very much hates grammatical errors. So they know that there's something there. Klaus deciphers that there's a message in the typos. Every error. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it tells them to go to a nearby cave. Yeah. Um, Uh, curdled 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 cave cave or cove or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they know that Josephine is hiding there. Uh, but you know, this is a really big set piece. Wind is rolling through. This place is falling apart. If they don't figure it out fast enough, they're going to die in this house basically, but they end up getting out at time. Um, and so they go and find her in the cove. She's like retreated and you know, she's like, do you bring food? We can't live here if you didn't bring any food. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, we're not living here. We're we're leaving. Let's Uh go. And yeah, she freaks out. It's dangerous to leave, though, because they mentioned earlier that there are leeches. The lacrimose leeches. Lacrimose leeches in this water that will eat you if they detect any amount of food on you. Lacrimose lake. So that's how her husband died. Um, And so she, they get out there. They're all in a boat, and we find a banana peel. It has been uh, (laughs) up her skirt, basically. Yeah, yeah. Was it? It was Aunt Josephine's, right? Not Sunny. Aunt Josephine's. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she picks it up and throws it out the water water. really quickly. (laughs) Uh, So the leeches are coming for them, but who comes to save them? But Count Olaf. But Count Olaf. Count Olaf comes up in his boat and he says, I'll take you to the shore. <laughs> and then Josephine. <laughs> Hello, children. Yeah, Josephine, um, you know, she says, take me with you. Because she's, she's like, you know, the, the kids are like, don't give in to him. Don't, don't send us to him. But she's like, oh, take everyone, take all of us. Because she doesn't want to die with the yeah. leeches and their boat isn't working. And then uh, he says something. You think, you think she's on the boat with yeah. them and he's hugging. They're like hugging each other. And she's like, oh, please, Olaf, I'll give you all the money. I'll give you whatever you want. You can have the kids. Just take me. And then, um, she, yeah, you're right. She says something that, that uh, he, ter- turns he, yeah. him off in some way. He says a sentence incorrectly, and she corrects oh, him. she corrects him. She That's corrects right. him, and uh, he was going to save her. Yeah. And then he was like, all right, never mind, and leaves her on the boat, and he, she gets eaten by leeches. Yeah, he slowly pushes away from her, and you realize, oh, he's on his boat, and she's still on her boat. And mm-hmm. he just, like, pushes her. Yeah. <laughs> 
and holds his arms out and he's like, oh, yeah. and there goes another one or his something. His realization was pretty funny yeah. after like, because he was, I think he was attracted to her too. And then she says that and his face just drops he immediately. Goes, Thank you for <laughs> correcting me. Very, very Jim Carrey. So, uh, yeah, and then Poe and Sutter the Entertainer come up at last second there, <laughs> like they always do. I love, and I love the way uh, they do it too. He's like, Count Olaf, what are you doing here? Yeah. And uh, Cedric, Cedric goes, he's like, hey, let, let me get this, man. He's like, let, let me handle this. And he goes, Count Olaf, what, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> what, are, very, what are you doing here, man? Very Cedric. Yeah, very Cedric. It's awesome. Uh, but Jim Carrey, uh, Count Olaf, plunges Klaus's face into the water and acts like he was saving. It's like, I'm saving him. You saw me saving the boy. Yeah. Um, so Olaf at this point learns that he actually wouldn't inherit the fortune anyway if the kids die. Yeah. Uh, unless he is a blood relative or married. So, uh, or a direct relative, uh, uh, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe like a first. Yeah, like, yeah, brother, direct, sister, like you said, direct, mother, daughter. Or married, so. Yeah, or married. <laughs> so Olaf, at this point, creates a stage play to get Violet on stage to marry her. Um, his neighbor that we mentioned earlier played Catherine O'Hara. She's a judge. Yes. So she's going to marry them. And she doesn't realize that it's real and yeah. legal. Yeah. yeah. It's the real marriage certificate on stage, but it's part of the show. He threatens to kill Sonny if they don't comply. He has yeah. her in a cage and has, you know, one of his lackeys says, lower the cage, and the kids say, stop. And he says, I put a hold in that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. The cage stops. On the radio, yeah. yeah. So there's always this underlying danger that Sonny could die if they do anything wrong. This is where Dustin Hoffman shows up, and he's yeah, a critic. He's, and he's like, yeah, he's like in the crowd. <laughs> he yeah. has like two lines. It's he's great. sitting with Cedric the Entertainer. It's great. There's a, there's a scene where Olaf makes his entrance into the play, but it's like a... A prop, it's like a man in a plane. Yeah. On a wire, like so great. a toy. So great. Flying over the audience. And Hoffman goes, I didn't know they had the kind of budget. <laughs> that's it. That's his whole yeah. line. It's awesome. That's it. That's all he says. Dustin Hoffman, you know, hundred thousand dollars or what do you pay him for yeah, that, whatever, that yeah. day he was there? So um Klaus gets split apart from the group. He's not part of the play. He goes up into this watchtower, basically, that's above the stage and starts to piece things together. He finds this magnifying glass with handles on it that when the sun comes through at just the right moment, it creates this powerful beam and he looks through it and he sees that it was his home. Yeah. Uh, so he, he finally has 100% proof that Olaf was the one who burned their home down. Um, Violet sees Klaus like saving Sonny. So he's up there to save Sonny. He just sees this and notices what's going on. But he pulls Sonny inside, and one of his lackeys like almost kills him. Yeah. Uh, but it's very, um, you know, suspenseful because as this is going on, it's cutting back to Violet signing the marriage certificate yeah. in the show. Is he going to finish it in time? Is he going to save Sonny before he, uh, she finishes? But it's too late. She ends up signing it. And then Olaf, you know, in his bravado is like, it's too late. She signed it. <laughs> and uh, I get their fortune in front of all of these people. But Klaus uses the magnifying glass to burn the marriage certificate. Yes, yes. So Olaf gets his in the end. Yeah, they 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 realize what he's doing. They all rush him and take him down. And yeah, yeah. And so the kids return home and they find a letter that I I think I missed this and I didn't go back to check. But I, their parents I think realized that something was going to happen and sent a letter to the kids. Yeah. Back to their home address. So the the parents did not die. I think they're gone. 
Uh, no, I think they're dead. I think they're dead? But okay. I think they knew it was coming. Okay. Because everyone seems to know that something is coming in this movie. Because I think all their friends are dying, part of the society. Yeah, yeah, it's getting taken but, apart. Yeah, their parents sent them a letter. It had been all around the world, so I think they timed it out to be at, at home at the specific moment when the kids get back, and it has the telescope. Yeah. So the kids are part of the society now. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and that's the end of the movie. Closes with Jude Law finishing his book, whatever he's writing. Yeah. And the, the uh, kids, um, it doesn't say who they end up with, does it? I think they just end up with themselves. Okay. They get freed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, know, where I don't they... know if, um, yeah, because this only addresses three books. Three books. So yeah. I don't know where they end up after this. Yeah. Um, but that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. It's... And there's an incredible credit sequence. Did you watch it? Oh, oh, just the, the animation? The animation oh, yeah. is amazing. It looks yeah. like it's made out of paper. Yeah, it's great. Obviously yeah. done on a computer. Very, but... um, very like pre-Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Uh, the story of the Deathly Hallows, which is like so gorgeous, that animation sequence. But it's like, yeah, there's like an ocean of paper and count. it's all very... It's all Count Olaf's face It's all really the time. cool, yeah. Like they can't get away from him. Yeah. The, the last scene is them falling asleep. So this kind of implies that maybe it's their dreams. They can't mm. escape him. He's yeah. going to come back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's the primary villain throughout the entire series yeah, I, I would know. assume he is probably but, uh, yeah, I assume he comes back at some point but uh, I, if you are if you watch this movie after we talk about it stay for the, the credit sequence I think it's really nice to look at yeah yeah it's great I remember seeing it in theaters and staying the whole time but that's it man that's what it. did you think of Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events I think it's uh, I think it's a great movie it definitely can drag a little bit there's a few moments where it slows down and picks back up and slows down but overall, it's beautiful to look at. Jim Carrey is worth the price of admission. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, different approach than NPH. But, well, I mean, very similar, actually. I think the, the TV show is done better, I, but the movie is great. Yeah. I, it's, it's just awesome. So um, I don't have notes about... I'm not educated. I don't know about cinematography or sound, <laughs> but it was just, it's just a fun movie. It's a very fun world. It's a very different world. It's just an odd story. Like. I guess because I've seen it a few times now, just the it's just weird. I, it kind of moves at an odd. Does that make sense? It's like you're here, and then you go to your random snake uncle, and he dies, and then you go mm-hmm. to Aunt Josephine, and yeah, she, it, it repeats. Itself. It's like you said, it's it like, repeats yeah. itself, and and it's also just strange. Like it's just a, but it's fun because it's very different. So mm-hmm. you should definitely watch it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, as with a lot of films that could be excellent, but are merely good to great, it has a bad script. I think. Which is hard when you're trying to synthesize three books into an hour and 40-minute movie, which they did here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like we said, it's basically three arcs in a big arc. And the second one with Meryl Streep, although entertaining, gets a little boring. And I think there's some pacing issues early in the movie when it tries to over-characterize people. Um, it's a gorgeous movie to look at. The the world building in this is amazing. I would put that, you know, I put it up there with a Harry Potter. I put yeah. it up there with a Big Fish. Sure. I put it up there with a Blade Runner. I think this is a fantastic movie to like look at and be a part of. Okay. Um, if it didn't have a poor script, I think it would be even better than it is. I think all the performances are really great. I think it's really impressive. This is a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. Uh, in terms of cinematography, it is one of those kind of every frame of painting movies. It, it's like it's just really pretty to look at. All the framing is done nicely. There's not a whole lot of like super technical camera work, but there is a lot of CG and a lot of really impressive oh, blue yeah. screening and stuff that they sure. do. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack was incredible. 
Uh, it's one of those soundtracks you could listen to while you're writing or doing something, and it's just it can be in the background. Um, very captivating. The sound was fine. I didn't I didn't see anything or hear anything wrong with it. No. Um, so yeah, I thought I think this is a great movie. I had very fond memories of it being 14 and watching it in theaters and being enamored with it. Never reading the books because I've always you know not like novels. And you don't um, know how to read. So. And I don't know how to read. That is very true. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just think it's great. I think you should watch this. I would say a definite must watch. And now I need to watch the show. You need to watch it. You, I need to watch it. You will very much appreciate it. Yeah. Agreed. After I finish Stranger Things too. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that is it for today, Gabe. We're coming up on our season finale. And as we always do, we're playing the Metascore game. I think just for fun at this point, because I yeah, think I'm destroying you. You are. Uh, so. I, I didn't even know if I should do it, but I <laughs> I wrote of down. Of course you should do it. <laughs> I'm I I brought I came prepared is what I'm saying. Oh okay. All yeah. right, that's good. That's yeah. good. All right, so we are going to play the Metascore game right now. All right, Gabe, do you want to give me yours first so I will use our patented stopwatch? Yeah, yeah, sure. And I just want to remind everyone, um, Matt is uh, crushing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt has 150 points, and I have negative 300. No, sorry. We messed this up last time because yeah. we got all confused, but you're winning. Yeah. Let's just say that. Just a massive advantage. All right, so your <laughs> your theme is the beautiful, the talented... Amy Adams. Mm, yeah. The Muppets. 65. All right. Julie and Julia. 66. Mm-hmm. Nocturnal Animals. 67. Oh, boy. I didn't say Nocturnal Animals. I didn't either. Uh, let me think about this from Pat's perspective. <laughs> uh, so Muppets... I think did okay at the box office. I don't remember the numbers on it. I think it was a pretty well-respected movie. It was certainly fun to watch. Julie and Julia, I think, was up for some Academy Awards that year. I think Meryl Streep was up for actress that year. I don't think it did well at the box office, but this is critic rating. And then Nocturnal Animals, I think might have been... I think it was too heady, I think. I think people thought that maybe it was too graphic. I need to see that movie. Or didn't necessarily like the way that it came out. So they were all in the 60s, right? High 60s? 65, 66, 67. 67. Yeah, I think... I think the Nocturnal Animals is too high. All right, Matt. You are incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the Muppets was actually higher at a oh, 75. That's not surprising at all. Yeah. Yeah. It had, it had well. power behind it because it was nostalgic, and it's a good movie. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I was going to say, and you get to see Jason Siegel's penis. <laughs> that, that was forgetting Sarah Marshall. You do see it in that movie. Not the, There are puppets in that movie. Not in the Muppets. He does have a Dracula musical with puppets. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. Yeah. That, that movie's amazing. No, you don't um, see Jason Siegel's penis in <laughs> the Muppets. 
Uh, you might in the uh, director's cut. <laughs> All right. You do see Kermit's penis. Oh, um, multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, he just lets it hang out. Wait, so, I don't actually don't think he's in that movie. Kermit? Yeah, is he in that movie? He's in it. He is? He's not the protagonist. protagonist no, no, is the he's, new, the he's new that, that new guy. Yeah, yeah the new guy. <laughs> All right, so your topic is very specific. Uh, films that Tim Burton was in pre-production for but ultimately <laughs> dropped from. Great. Catwoman, 27. The Halle Berry one? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men, Tell No Tales, the most recent one, 39. Goodness. Maleficent, 35. Okay, uh, I saw Maleficent, and I actually thought it was pretty decent, mm-hmm. but I can see that it would get a 35, but I bet it's higher, uh, but I'm not going to guess that right now. Parts of the Caribbean, you said, was 27? 39. Oh, man, I bet it's lower than that. And then what was the first one? Catwoman at 27. Oh, man, I bet it's lower than that. <laughs> this is a tough one. Yikes. Uh, because I don't know, because I have no idea... Yeah, but that's really scary because I can't say I can't do this based on my opinion. Yeah, I think about what the critics think. <clears throat> Got twenty seconds. Catwoman was what? Twenty-seven. Oh man. Catwoman I'm, says what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say Catwoman was lower. Gabe, on our very last Metascore oh. game. You are incorrect. Oh. Maleficent was a 56. Oh, man. See, that was my instinct. You were right. Because it was a good movie. You second-guessed yourself. <sighs> so I should listen to my heart is what you're saying. You should listen to your brain's heart every yeah. time. Dang it. Dang it. Yeah, that movie's actually not bad. It's actually kind of cool. I never saw it. Yeah. I've seen the other two. I haven't seen that one. Catwoman. Woo. Oh, man. <laughs> you saw that movie? Yeah. Oh. There's a part where there's like a cat on on uh, her body and it like breathes this like green life into her to make oh, her Catwoman. Man, you got to go watch that. So sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The skin tight leather suit. Oh, well, right. that was the Metascore game. I had a fun time playing this game. Gabriel was much better at this one than the last one. <laughs> I, I'm done with this game. I'm never playing it again. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think we should talk about something. We do have next season picked. We do. Um, I think it was 1990. 1990. Straight up. Do you have the movies in front of you or no? I do have them in front of me, yeah. Okay, what are they? So January, we are doing uh, not, well, I'm not going to listen by month because our listeners will get confused, but yeah. the first episode uh, will be Tremors Ooh. with uh, the great Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Second episode is The Witches, which is oh. a Roald Dahl book. Never seen it. Um, which is, I think it's on Prime right now. So yeah. that's perfect. Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ernest goes to jail. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, nice. Which I forgot that we drew. <laughs> That's amazing. Because we picked our Halloween movie uh, last week, sort mm-hmm. of like very recently. Yeah. But I forgot that we were doing that. Yeah, we picked these like two months ago. Yeah, so ago. Ernest goes to jail. Back to the Future Part 3. Nice. Total Recall, which is just huh. going to be crazy. Never, is that the Tom Cruise? Or no? No, this is the original... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi movie that's like insane. There's a woman with three boobs. Oh, super weird. Yeah, that rings a bell. Crazy, crazy movie. Uh, Arachnophobia. Nice. Dark Man, directed by Sam Raimi, (laughs) which uh, stars Liam Neeson's. Yeah. Miller's uh, Miller's Crossing. Okay. An early uh, Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, that'll be good. 
Reversal of Fortune, which uh, was like a drama. I'm not very excited about Never heard of it. (laughs) Maybe want to change that one. I don't know. Then Misery, and then capping it all off with Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. It's a bomb. (laughs) So that's two Schwarzenegger movies in one season. Is Kindergarten Cop, is that, it's not a Tuma? Uh, yes. Okay. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Yeah, All right, yeah, that, yeah. that's a good season. That's, that's a, a good great, season. That's a strong season, dude. As an announcement, uh, we are going to put ourselves on a little bit of an indefinite hiatus at this point. Yes. Uh, some personal things have come up in our lives. Sorry, I had to click something on the computer <laughs> that we just need to take care of. Um, we might be back. We're not really sure. Uh, if you find this show and it's been a while and, and you like the show and you've run out of episodes to listen to, yep. you can drop us a line on social media. I'm sure we'll still be checking those. Uh, you can email us at rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us an Apple Podcast review. Oh, Motivation yeah. is like is such a big thing about making a podcast and, Huge. and just if you feel like people aren't listening it's hard to keep it up when stuff comes in the way so yeah, yeah. we are going to step down for a little bit we do have fun doing this we're friends we like doing this so it's possible we'll come back next year at some point we don't really know sure we don't really know sure. not putting a not putting a label on it yeah, not putting do, a date on it we don't do labels dude we don't do labels except when I call you an idiot <laughs> you're that's, an idiot that's, you're <laughs> an idiot <laughs> oh it's a uh, you're an idiot I'm an idiot I'm an idiot isn't that what it is no no I think it's you're an idiot, and then it comes back and says you're an idiot. But don't doesn't he go back and say I'm an idiot, and it says oh, oh I'm yeah. an idiot. You're That's an the idiot. second time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what movie is that from? The Grinch. How the Grinch. Oh, Jim yeah. Carrey. How the Grinch. Another Christmas. great Christmas movie. Yep. See, Christmas is just loaded with great movies. It is. It's Halloween loaded. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to make one now. We got to make yeah. a good one. We should make a movie. That's true. Let's call Stuckman and see if he'll make a movie with us. All right, we're in. All we're right, in. guys. That rounds out season three of rewind cinema we've had a great time doing this we hope to be back soon like we said drop us a line rewind cinema pod on twitter and facebook yeah. rewind cinema podcast at gmail.com and check out natural anthem while we're gone listen yes. to their sweet tunes and have some parties and throw throw good good parties and put their music on. wear your 60s dress um yeah. you know whatever you have that looks vaguely 60s Listen to some natural anthems. Smoke a doobie. <laughs> uh, they 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 do tour in Fort Worth and Dallas. Yeah, um, check them out. I don't know if you will call that a tour. They're from there, but they play frequently, or maybe not frequently, infrequently. But they, they do have shows. So look for that. Go see them. Great live show. Jake Murphy, Daniel Slatton, love those guys. Uh, but that's it for us, Gabe. That's it for us, Until Matt. Until further notice, what should these people do, Gabe? They should sit down and watch more movies. You're dang right. It's funny. (laughs) I was going to say.
And you get to see Jason Siegel's penis. <laughs> that, that was forgetting Sarah Marshall. You do see it in that movie. Not the, there are Muppets in that movie. Not in the Muppets. He 